Pepper. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Emily, here again. Second episode in. And um, if you're wondering, that intro song I made on GarageBand and um, was killing myself laughing, making it. So I recorded my laugh, and that's that <laughs> high-pitched thing inspired by Billie Eilish. And then the... Um, doo, 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 that's me. That's just, that's just me being weird. I don't know if I mentioned it in that last episode, but you're going to get to know um, my quirks pretty well if you listen to this podcast. I'm a strange duck, and I really look forward to you making fun with me, not of me, with me, because no one self-deprecates like I do, but bullying is not allowed. I'm moving my body as I speak, okay? Bullying is never okay, and I don't put up with that, okay? <laughs> that just got really real in, like, two seconds. Um, anyway, today is just about me, which might sound a little boring, but trust me, I am, like, super exciting. I'm a really exciting person. I watch lots of Netflix and live my life vicariously through other people, okay? So yeah, I'm a very boring person. Um, I spend most of my time doing nothing. But I'm pretty sure most people are in the same boat as me right now because we're all in quarantine still. And I don't know when life will go back to the way it was before this all started. And I'm slowly learning to become okay with my loss of control. So today's episode is going to focus on exactly that. My inability to give up control. And my mental health journey. So get comfortable in whatever position you need and prepare yourselves for my sad, sad story that ends, has not ended yet, but I don't think it ever will end, and that's okay. Because I feel like I've learned so much from all of my troubles and all of my really hard times. So picture this. I was in my final year of high school in 2013, 2012, 2013, and um, I don't actually, I can't pinpoint when it started, but all I remember is losing some friends and um, honestly just feeling alone most of the time. I was blessed to have my mom work at my high school. She was the librarian. Shout out to any Vikings who are listening, you know who I'm talking about, Mrs. Darling, best teacher ever, um, who's also retiring this year, just so you know, so, like, send your love, um, but 
I remember eating lunch with her many days because I felt like I had no one to turn to. And looking back, I know that's not true. But when you're in a slump, like I was in, that started then, um, it kind of feels like the whole world is against you. And like you can't do anything right and that you're kind of not you're really not in a good headspace let's just put it like that I would say that I felt numb later in my journey but at the beginning it was just like a constant state of the blues so in high school it was no one loves me and I just kept myself busy I was one of the leads in the musical The Wedding Singer. Um, If you're listening and you saw The Wedding Singer, you would know that I crushed that role. And honestly, all of the positive comments I got from um, the audience really, like, made me feel really happy because I wasn't getting a lot of positive reinforcement in my own brain. So I would, like, take everything I could get from outside... um, from anyone on the outside of my head. <laughs> That's the best way to say it. Um, so I was just not okay. And then things kind of also, they kind of went downhill some more. And I learned that my grandmother had a brain tumor in May of 2013. I had never experienced loss before that or any sort of like trauma or shock to the system or anything honestly like I felt like I was invincible and nothing could touch me because I was 17 year old girl and um even though the world felt like it was ending it really didn't feel like it would touch anything outside of me but it did and honestly like that pushed me further and further into a dark hole And then I made the dumb decision to continue on to go to university because I really wasn't accepting that I was dealing with like a mental health issue. So I went to the University of Ottawa and part of me regrets that, but another part is grateful for that because I met some of the best people in my life there. Shout out to my my people, Brittany and Shrina and Megan and Sam and Maureen and Catherine. Honestly, like these people have changed my life and I wouldn't change it for anything. But but back then it felt like I was alone. People can attest to the fact that I was in bed all the time. I didn't go to any classes. I wondered why I wasn't getting good grades because in high school I got like 90s. And in university, I was like barely passing, but I was barely passing because I didn't go to, to any of my classes and I didn't enjoy my classes and I didn't enjoy any of the things I used to enjoy. Sure, the first week was exciting. I met a lot of cool people, but it honestly just felt like no one was going to like me. No one's going to even care about you. Like you've got nothing to offer. Seriously, these thoughts that go through your head when you're you've got that chemical imbalance or you're triggered by an emotional um, event it's just 
I, there are no words to describe how it feels, and even talking about it kind of sends me back, like my heart dropped a little bit in my chest right now, and um, it's really a scary experience. A lot of people experience it worse than I do. I was never suicidal. I was only ever what I'd call numb and just kind of like empty, if that's a good word to describe it. Like nothing really made me happy. Maybe it did on for a minute and then it just I just returned to a state of bleh. So the first couple months of school were hard. But I still managed to meet some good people. Um, and it all kind of came to like a burning, fiery ball explosion of sadness one night when I was talking to one of my girlfriend's boyfriends. They weren't dating then, but they're dating now, which is funny enough because I met him first. <laughs> and um, I kind of was trying really hard to hide the way I felt. And I was like, no, 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 just pretend you're okay, pretend you're okay, you don't need to be a burden on everybody, um, and then this boy, we were drinking, and he was like, we were doing stupid first-year things, and tell us what you, uh, what you think about me, what you think about me, what did you notice when you first met me, weird first-year stuff, oh my god, so many, so many crazy first-year stories I won't even get into, um, except for this one, and I was like, what do you think about me? What did you think of me when you first met me? And he was like, drunk. And he'd tell you today that he doesn't remember saying this, but I tell him, you changed my life for the better. And um, he was like, you, you put on this facade of happy-go-lucky, but I can tell that there's something not right in you. Like, you're not okay. And I was like, what? He can tell? No way? How can he? tell <laughs> and I was like shoot if he can tell then I'm really not okay and I like gotta like do better and I honestly like, everything's a jumble from then on I came home one weekend to my little town outside of Toronto and I was like in the hot tub with my parents yes they have a hot tub um, which is amazing, and I was like, guys, I'm not okay, I need to see my doctor, like, and we saw the doctor the next day, and he was like, you sound like you're depressed, and I was like, you think, <laughs> and that's where my story of medication after medication after medication starts, and I've been on multiple medications but wait 2013 to 2020 seven years of medication wow I've been on the same medication for like four years now though um it's Effexor and it might not work for some people because I know they don't all work the same for everybody but Effexor it changed everything for me um it's not only Effexor that changed everything for me, though. Um, yes, it it helped bring me back to life, which is a weird thought, because it's just like chemicals that go into your body. But I mean, it makes sense because you have a chemical imbalance with 
depression, right? Um, but I wouldn't say that that's the only thing that made life better for me. Um, I actually went and I've seen a few therapists in my time and to y'all, to all y'all out there who don't think therapists are helpful, you cray. No, you're not crazy. You, you have your own opinions, but in my own opinion, I think that therapists have so much to offer us in terms of coping strategies and therapies that really work. So there's this one called cognitive behavioral therapy, and that is my favorite because you're literally changing your thought patterns, right? So those thought patterns I had of, I hate myself, no one's going to love me, you're ugly, you're too weird for people to enjoy your company. Um, I challenged those thoughts with the help of my therapist. I stopped judging myself so harshly based on a mistake I made. Um, and I started to forgive myself with some encouragement because that's what I needed in that moment. Therapy, I can't say enough about. My first therapist I ever saw was at the University of Ottawa, SAS. I don't know what that stands for anymore, but um, the person I saw was a lovely lady. She was pregnant at the time, and she just, like, glowed with, like, sunshine. <laughs> she was just so positive, and she just said, you need to stop judging yourself so harshly, and you need to stop bringing yourself down. And I love the idea that while... I'm not in complete control because there are chemicals in my brain. I am still in control of how I react to those thoughts, right? Logically, not everyone's going to love me because, yes, I am weird. But logically, some people will like me because some people will vibe with me because they're weird too, right? So it's just changing those thought patterns with the help of medication, with the help of talking it out with someone who's anonymous. Also, finding something that brings you joy or a different kind of therapy. So my other kind of therapy is music. Yes, listening to music. I love a good classical piece. Claire de Lune is one of my favorites. But also just playing music, getting my guitar out, jamming, getting my ukulele out, learning something new on the piano, practicing trumpet that I haven't done in like, what, 10 years? Let me think about that. 12 years, grade eight, I played the trumpet. Reviving things, reviving hobbies right? And it's so easy for me to say this now because I'm no longer depressed, I'd say, because I have it all under control. But honestly, there are so many things we can do to get ourselves out of this. And I, I'm i not going to say that I did it all by myself because I didn't. Um, I really did have a lot of help 
at UOttawa with from from two of my best friends, Brittany and Shrina. Honestly, like I had a therapist, sure, but these two girls were my therapists too. They were two people that I talked to when I was down, or that made me laugh when I was down, or just I could just be myself with them. Honestly, support networks are one of the top, one of the most important things to help you get through recovery of any mental illness or physical illness or anything. That's what's so hard about this COVID situation. People are recovering or not recovering alone. And that can do so much damage to your brain. If I didn't have my friends with me, talking me through all of my crap, or just just listening to me vent, or listening to me work through all these negative thoughts and turning them into something good, or helping me turn them into something better, then I don't think I would have survived. Not in the sense of death, but in the sense of being okay or getting to the point where I can do the things that I used to love or do the things that I need to do in daily life. Um, I, I really do believe that support networks are at the core of everything we do and relationships are at the core of everything we do. And just being around people who bring us positivity and uplift us. That's why I think that a lot of the time we also need to choose wisely who we surround ourselves with. Um, I know this is leading into something completely different, but it also kind of lends itself to the idea of not being in control or changing your attitude instead of the situation. Um, so to that end, I had a friend a while back who I'm talking years, maybe not years, a year, who I was close with, but who also didn't add to my life. Instead, I found myself leaving this person's house feeling bad, you know? I kind of like reverted into my old self. I would question everything I said and question everything I did. Does that person even like me? Like, why did I say this? They would even ask me things like that. And um, it's toxic is what it is. Or someone having too much or unloading on you too much their emotional stuff is also sometimes too much and it's okay to stop those interactions i i think i i thought initially that it was selfish that you should never turn away someone who's not okay and i still believe that to an extent but it's important to remember that you are important, right?
that I am important. You live with yourself every day. I live with myself every day. And if I'm not in a good headspace, then everything else will have that fog over it, right? I think that you can't pour from an empty cup. And therefore, you can't allow people to empty your cup. It's a lot of metaphors. <laughs> but... It's an important message, right? I think all of these are important messages. If you... Yeah. Just going back to COVID even, you know? Like, I'm at home. I, I'm so grateful for being at home. I'm so grateful I have a head, a head on my shoulders. <laughs> I'm so grateful I have a roof over my head and food to eat and parents to talk with and a little sister to laugh with. But I'm still scared. Even so, though, I'm trying to find ways to cope with that, right? I'm working through this fear. I'm working through this anxiety, this seemingly never-ending quarantine by keeping myself busy, by socializing with my networks. I'm using house party lots. I'm chatting on Facebook lots. I'm phone calling people, which seems like it's like an ancient form of communication, but I'm FaceTiming. I'm playing games. I'm also kind of reverting into myself and watching lots of Netflix, like Tiger King, which is crazy. That's a story for another day, but I'm listening to lots of audiobooks. I recently read one by Mark Manson, which is all about bettering yourself. Um, it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, but it uses the expletive, which I'm choosing not to use in my podcasts. I really am keeping myself busy. I don't think you have to keep yourself busy. I just, this is what works for me, coping. Um, I took on the podcast creation activity. I really am having fun. It's two, almost 2.30 in the morning, and I've been working on this one, episode two, for like an hour, and I'm living for it. I, I just I just want to share positive messages and I just want to share what I do in this episode to get through all the stuff that life throws at me. It hasn't been overwhelming life for me. Like I said, I got a lot of privet. Wow. I cannot speak. I got a lot of privilege. I have I have a lot of privilege. Um but that doesn't mean that I don't have my own struggles. It doesn't mean that I wasn't depressed or that I still don't deal with anxiety or that I don't have body image issues which I did not touch on and won't touch on because that's something I'm still dealing with. 
um, even though I should. We all have our struggles. We all have something we're dealing with. It's just finding ways to come out of it on the better end. I can just imagine you listening to this, like, man, she pauses a lot. Man, is just she even know what she's talking about? And yeah, I do. I this is my life. This is my experience. And I said that I could only speak from personal experience, and that's what I'm doing. Um, I really hope that the stuff I've talked about kind of gives you insight if you need it. Like, I hope that if you want to, if you need to, you go see that therapist if you're able to. Or I hope that you reach out to your support network like I reached out to mine. There are so many things you can do. There are so many resources available to help you through whatever you're going through. And that's kind of the message of this podcast and kind of just like the way I live my life. I just, like I said before, I have a lot of love to give. And I think that this podcast is a good way to spread it. Um, If you don't have anyone to reach out to, please send me a message on Anchor, which is the platform I use to make these podcasts. Reach out to me. If you know me and you have me on Facebook, reach out to me. Instagram, reach out to me. Reach out. I can point you in the right direction for resources. If you're unable to find them, I think we all need to be together. I think we all need to work together to get through whatever it is we're going through. Because like I said before, relationships are at the heart of everything we do. And helping each other out is kind of the point of life to me. Love thy neighbor. That is one huge, huge, huge thing for me. Love thy neighbor. And make your mental health a priority, okay? I didn't want to let mine become a priority. And I had a really big struggle. And I'm proud of myself for getting through it, right? I really am. So I'm going to end today's episode with a quote. I'm looking through Google trying to find one that stands out to me. That's a good way to summarize this episode. And I'm having a really hard time. There are a lot of good ones. I think the best one that kind of stands out the most to me is it's okay to not be okay. And another one, don't be so hard on yourself. Because we all have our struggles we're going through. We all have crap going on in our lives. Especially right now with this quarantine. 
don't beat yourself up for not doing a project or not creating a podcast or lying in bed because you're scared. It's okay. Just find something that brings you positivity. That brings you positive energy. I hope this podcast does something for you. I hope that I can offer you some insight through my experiences into dealing with mental health or mental illness. Because your now is not forever. Haha, <laughs> I snuck that quote in there. That's from Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. And it's true, your now is not forever. And this quarantine is not forever. And we'll get out of it. And we'll be stronger than ever. And I hope we all have learned a valuable lesson to cherish the people around us, to live our daily life to the fullest, to treat each other with love and respect. And that concludes my 30-minute episode about my journey with mental health. Thank you for listening. Love ya.